my name is Liam Bird and this is the Level Playing Field podcast. This is a monthly podcast that aims to bring a variety of voices from the sporting community to discuss disability subject matters regarding attending live sport. In this month's episode, we are taking a peek behind the curtain. In early August, it was announced that all English clubs will welcome fans back into stadia without a cap on attendance numbers. However, this announcement came very close to the pending season's kickoff and left clubs with a lot to do. In this episode, we planned on having a roundtable chat with staff members from across the footballing pyramid. But sadly, on the day of recording, two people were unable to make it. However, I was joined by Rachel Brumphy, the Disabled Liaison Officer at Middlesbrough Football Club, and Luke Cassidy, the Disabled Liaison Officer at Port Vale. We went from kind of a round table to more of a triangle. However, we marched on and we touched on subject matters such as ticketing, staff furlough, possible COVID passports coming in in the winter and what it takes to get fans back into stadia safe and sound. So this is it. Enjoy. Uh, I've got Luke and Rachel on uh, Zoom down the calls, uh, just so people know your voices. Luke, how are you? Very good, thank you. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. And Rachel, how are you? I'm great, thank you. And yourself? I'm, I'm doing okay. I love it when people ask you exactly the same thing after the other person. You have to kind of go, yeah, I'm fine. Um, so sadly, uh, we haven't been joined by two other people. We were meant to be joined by a, a DAO from the Premier League and a DLO from League One, because what we wanted to do was get a good representation across the leagues but unfortunately other things have come up so uh, we, we move on the reason we're doing this is because fans are back and that's fantastic and I'm sure we're all very happy about that but the process of getting fans back I think is something that we should probably explore and then also explore maybe some of the uh, logistical issues that you still might be facing and give the fans a kind of an understanding of how much work goes on behind the scenes because I think some fans rock up to a stadium and that's what they see and they don't really see you guys working your bums off behind the scenes so i suppose the first question is and i'll come to you first luke how does it feel to have fans back because it's been what a year and a half or some yeah it, you know it seems like a long time coming it seemed like it was sort of never happened and then all of a sudden we've uh, seems like you flipped the switch and it's all there uh, come running back and and it is it's more adaptive than anything at the moment with with the current situation, we have to look at things in a different way. You know, we're, we're very fortunate as a football club that a lot of our supporters, you know, have kept kept in contact, kept the money in the club as well, even through the pandemic, which we're extremely grateful for. Ever since we've um, started back with the matches, we've had you know we've had a fantastic response personally from myself. We can't thank fans enough for that. How about you, Rachel? I mean, how how has it been for having fans back at the Riverside? Because that's a big old stadium, and I'm guessing when it's empty, you proper feel it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's like, like Luke said, we, we have a lot of our fans that kept money in the club as well. You know, we carried across um, the new ship. We actually were a little bit lucky because we had a couple of England games yes you did that were yeah. actually before the start of the season so we did actually have a little bit of a training first so we had you know like 2,000 fans back in to do the England games first so we sort of had a bit of a warm-up I think Luke kind of touched on it it kind of felt like someone flicked a switch and all of a sudden go I mean you spoke about how you had the England game but you only had 2,000 fans there was a lack of information really at the start of the season will it be full will it be half full will yeah. certain supporters be in, uh, discouraged from attending like we saw at the 
um, during the test events, clinically extremely vulnerable people were advised not to go. I mean, how much information did you have and how hard was it to kind of plan for pretty much any situation moving forward? We always had to have an, a plan A and B from day one because if there was going to be the restrictions, we had to be prepared to go back and do the seating bubble, which we'd sort of started to do at the end of the season before. Um, one of our major issues is, as a club, we had a lot of staff cuts after the furlough and cuts. So we came back to like full capacity with like less than 50% staff. It's still a learning curve every single game. Yeah. Well, you know, when we came back, I think... Most of the fans got to the, back to their original seat. You know, we were very late putting season cards back on sale in case there were going to be restrictions. So, you know, our main thing really was to make sure that our season card holders that had renewed and kept the money in the club got priority to come back to seating. So everything was a little bit of a mad rush pre-season because everything went on sale like very late yeah how how difficult has that process been to to try and get something that i'm guessing workload would be done over the off season but without actually having any knowledge yeah. of who is attending and how many people are attending you've kind of done it within a month and i'm and i know some clubs are still chasing i mean how how difficult has that been and, and what's the process been like it's just um, like i said we a lot of our staff were on for i mean i was on furlough myself for seven months so i mean it was like coming back to a new job myself never mind <laughs> and like I say our ticketing office has gone down by 70% we are very lucky that we've got a lot of people that can accommodate I mean I'm supposed to work like three days a week and sometimes it's seven sometimes it's five but it's just really everybody all hands on deck and whatever's thrown to us I mean as a club we've been used to having working with deadlines that because you know we'd have cup games we've got to playoffs and it's sort of just being flexible the season cards went on sale and it was just staying till seven eight nine o'clock at night until you know the phone stopped ringing luke for, for I'm, I'm gonna guess for league two it, like, you rely heavily on volunteers and and people yeah. giving up their time i mean how has it been for you to try and make sure that ticketing's going up if you can explain how it's been for port vale I think for us, it, um, like Rachel said, it, it went. It was a crazy time uh, as a football club. We were continuing a food bank uh, all the way through the lockdown period. So as as a club, in terms of business, we never really stopped. And then all of a sudden, football uh, was starting back up, and we had this mad rush of uh, season tickets. All the people who kept the money in the club, who you know, who were ringing up saying, "When can I get my season ticket?" and asking. All different questions, because like Rachel said, we have to have an A and a B plan for seating and things like that. It was long hours for the, for the ticket office, and we've got a great ticket office. So credit credit to them. But, but like you say, being a League Two club, we relied heavily on volunteers who, who really, without them, it probably wouldn't have been possible to get it done in the time frame we did. COVID has clearly affected everyone and football has been no exception. We've seen first staff furloughs and uh, fans being away from the stadium. Um, so in this year's Level Playing Field annual survey, we wanted to show how the impact of COVID has affected disabled fans returning to stadium. And we, we found that 73% of fans um, said that they wanted to return right away. However, there was 7% that said that they didn't know when they might return of the game. Luke, what has Port Vale done to try and ease the worries of supporters who might have concerns about returning back to the Vale? I think for us as a club, our disabled supporters are extremely loyal, as I'm sure uh, Rachel herself would agree with from, from her side. 
And I think we, we've had a lot of questions about that. And myself, being, you know, being in a wheelchair, I think you touched on being uh, vulnerable and whether we'd be able to return to matches and what that would look like. And I think um, a lot of our supporters were very keen to get back in straight away. You know, we had an open door policy so people could ask questions. That You know, they're always welcome to ask questions. And a lot of people ask questions on, on return. When we started back up with the matches, really we didn't see a massive effect. You know, people come back, as, as you touched on, straight away. And for us, it, it's been like that ever since. And like Rachel says, it, it's still a learning curve as, as we go on. And things will change uh, as they do, you know, day in, day out. And you have to adapt and uh, forward. Kind of the same question to you, Rachel. I mean, ha- have you seen some supporters who have not really been in a rush to return? And well, what we... Oh, sorry, sorry I was going to say, and because <laughs> and, and those season ticket holders who have maybe gone, it's a bit too soon to me. What process have you put in place to make make sure that they feel like when they do want to return, their seat is there? Yeah, what we did, you see, on the third of August, what I did, we did a open day, and what we before the stadium, so the empty stadium, what we did was we did, invited all of our disabled supporters to come back to the ground, so they were allowed to go around, use the turnstiles, look around the ground, refamiliarise themselves with the seats, and I found then we had quite a lot of issues of people because they'd been away for so long that they actually didn't have the mobility to get to the seats that they'd previously had. So luckily, I did have that like sort of month that I could go around, move people, let them test new seats as you say there are a few people that came back to the ground slowly we have got people that just came to the first game on saturday what i've done to a lot of people i've actually gone outside and met them and brought them through to the seats so they haven't had to use the turnstiles because we had a lot of fans that were a little bit nervous coming back through you know touching like turnstiles and things like that i think we still have a few disabled supporters that haven't actually come back to the ground um for a start we've got two that have decided they really don't want to come this season we have offered refunds but what they've actually said is they've donated their seats for us to give out to other disabled supporters to use sort of on a match by match but on a whole most people you know are back in it has been a slow progress some have missed a game quite a few still are a bit wary at coming to night games but we've done a lot of seat moves we've done our best in our disabled areas we've got our hand gels you know we've put a little bit more space we've done our best to like accommodate you know any sort of anxious nervous fans coming back into the ground can, can i ask how you've gone about kind of relaying that information out there though because as we've gone forward everything's gone digital and yeah. um, we, we seem to sometimes be a bit over reliant on digital and, and, and i'm sure we all are aware that not everyone has a smartphone not everyone has a laptop not everyone in some areas of the country don't even have access to decent internet so how have you gone to make sure that you are reaching out to the people who may be um, not as tech savvy to to kind of explain to them what is going going on at the club to most of my supporters a lot of them are the elderly or the disabled that aren't actually on all like you say technology we work on seat geek and it actually is quite a good system of pulling reports of all our disabled supporters and i sort of just did a mail shot email out to people most people have email so you know people that we weren't getting much response we, we would go through via email even letter format to some you know we do have people on the system that have we haven't got any contact details but we did contact every disabled supporter before the start of the season yeah we that's the same for us too yeah we did something very similar so i mean what has popped up that surprised you at the start of the season then what was something where basically gone oh, I, I didn't think of that and then maybe from fan feedback or just from your own personal uh, experience what has come about that you just did not expect to be an issue at the start of the season 
Well, I don't know about you, but one of our, my, I was really quite surprised. I had a lot of sort of elderly and disabled supporters that were in our, we have like a family zone and a lot of that were actually quite concerned sitting next to junior under 18. So the generation not having like the vaccination, I've had about six or seven supporters that have actually moved, had to move to a separate area in the ground because that was their concerns. And it's something I would not have thought, all the things that, you know, we thought we were going to raise, I didn't actually ever think, didn't think of that one. So I have had a lot of like sort of disabled and elderly that are quite concerned about being under the generation of un- the jab- that are jabbed. Yeah, I think, I think for us, we're quite lucky in the sense that um, a lot of our disabled supporters, in terms of our stand, are you know are quite uh, well spread out, and I, th- and I think for us as a club, that's been a positive, a positive one for us. So, what what has been the fans' response to returning? You, you you've all said that it's been very positive, but I mean, I'm kind of interested to know what fan feedback you have been given directly. Has it has it been like I'm so glad to be back? This is amazing, or is it? Here are some issues that I faced. And and uh, how do we work together to to kind of make sure this doesn't happen again? Go on, we haven't really had any sort of major issues with our disabled supporters. To be fair, like you say, I think the fact that we had our open day, the main concern people had was the seating. A lot of them, what the mobility would be like, you know, the season before. So we've had to do a lot of seat moves and lots of changes. Any concerns is the hand gels, but we've just made sure that they're near every door. They're near every exit, they're near the lift, they're near, the, you know, the outdoor seating. It seems to be going okay. The first couple uh, of games, I, I we, say, we had a few hiccups, you know, with lifts and touching buttons and hand gels, but we do seem to, it does seem to be working now. We haven't really had any major issues. I think like Rachel touched on, it, it's the little things like sanitizer and how we can, how we can reduce them, them, you know, them smaller risks where, you know, if they're using sanitizer, do they need, you know, touching doors and stuff, uh, it might just be a case of a uh, steward being there, opening the doors, opening the lift, and then that reduced the risk to them, and it, and it does go a long way to making them feel just a bit more comfortable in their environment. It, it seems to have been that it's, it's been a very positive experience for you guys then, like like with yeah. fans returning, it seems to have, have gone with ease. Um, was there an element of worry that that wasn't the case? Because this must have been a very difficult time for the, for the both of you and your club, with not only, like you said, Rachel, with uh, staff cuts, so that, that means more pressure on the staff who are there, but also like fans can be quite unforgiving at times and don't really realise what can go on behind the scenes. I mean, how, how have you both been um, to the build-up to the season, and, and like you must feel so relieved now that it's happening, and and it does seem to be working in an orderly way. I think our first game of the season, we sort of came back, and it was a little bit hectic for fans and staff, but everybody had been away. I mean, for our disabled area, we found that everybody sort of started to arrive at the same time, and because they hadn't seen each other for so long, they were sort of gathering. So, what we've had to do is sort of open doors, make sure. It, get people to the seats a little bit quick because the last thing we want is like congestion of supporters you know in areas but as time's going on it's a lot clearer I still up to the even up to Saturday I've spent most of my time around the disabled areas on a match day just in case there is any issues um just to encourage you know the supporters to get to the seats keep the, the lift areas clear make sure all the hand gels and you know sanitizers are around but Match by match, you know, it is going smoother and smoother. 
touching on slightly what Rachel said there, it's a good uh, social, it's a good social outing, especially for a lot of disabled supporters who may not, you know, get to do other things. I'm not saying they, they don't, but um, you know, for some, football is sort of the only thing they do. That, that that's their enjoyment uh, in between, you know, doing other things that they have to do. And I think um, when they when they have returned, it, it's been that immediate um, social interaction. Yeah, definitely. You know, it's really important. It's a lot of people touch on at the moment mental health and stuff. If if you are uh, clinically vulnerable, as as a lot of people would be within that stand, um, it, you know, it has a big effect on on your mental health and things. And football is a big part of going having that social interaction, watching the football, different friendship groups. Because I know personally, for away matches, I go with with, with a different bunch of uh, people that you know that I might do something else with and. And it's all about that connection and uh, reconnecting as time, uh, as restrictions ease. Uh, reconnecting with people is really important. So this is kind of for you, Rachel, because I'm, I'm not sure Luke would, uh, Port Vale would kind of fall into the, the attendance, but there was for a time COVID passports were going to be implemented for stadiums w- who are over 20,000 capacity. And I mean, how difficult has it been to try and work your way around that? And it's something that the government have said that They'll, they'll keep in their pocket if they need to use it if during winter uh, COVID cases rise. How difficult would it be for, for you as a club to be able to implement that um, cost-wise, infrastructure-wise and staff-wise? You see, that is a question we keep getting asked. We, you know, A lot of the supporters do keep asking, what happens? Do I need to have a passport? What happens if I'm not double inoculated? We... As you say, as a club, all we can do is just say we're following government guidelines. That's all, you know, we do have a lot of supporters that are quite concerned when they're buying season cards, when they're buying match-by-match tickets, you know, that what if passports come out? You know, we still have a lot of supporters that aren't double vaccinated. And, I mean, all we keep saying is we'll we'll follow government guidelines. We would as a club if people would have to give part refunds through the season, if, you know, it came to that. It would be a massive financial blow, but it's what we would have to do. Luke, is this a, is this a question that's being put to you by fans as well regarding winter? Because it obviously, it's a lot of it's a lot of talk now about what is going to happen in the winter. I'm just yeah. interested to know if this is something that fans are speaking to you about. Yeah, I think we, we we've had similar questions too. Um, like you say, at, at the moment, um, I think we were thinking about the the, the larger stages, but as we know how quick uh, the advice changes. Um, at the moment, it, you know, it's possible it might uh, link in with the League One, League Two clubs. So, you know, so it, it is a question we, we've been asked. And uh, like Rachel touches on, it's about getting that infrastructure in place and, and that cost. But ultimately, as a, as a football club, and the same for Rachel, we're, we're, govern, we're governed by the government guidelines and all the other uh, the bodies that are involved with football. Um, so, so we would follow their lead and, and as a club, do the best we can for our fans. So I suppose this would be my final question. What one thing would you tell your fans about the work the club has done to make sure they can come back that they're probably not aware of? So uh, I think for I think for us as a football club, the, the amount of work that goes on in the background, like you touched on, you know, it's the safety team, it's it's your hospitality teams, it's it's teams all the way through the club, including your boardroom team, your first team. Uh, your, your backroom team, uh, a lot of different work has to go on in the background. You know, it has, it has been hard and a lot of uh, hours, late hours, have gone into that to make sure that um, 
no, nobody really noticing the difference. We, we all worked as a team and we've all done different things that we uh, wasn't part of our roles. And, and, you know, it's just a testament to, to all the people within the club, really. Yeah, I've got to agree with Luke there. I think it's been a lot, lot of our success has been team effort, everybody having a go of doing everybody's job. I mean, like you say, we've had a lot more on our safety. We've had to double up it on stewards, cleaning. We've probably got twice that your cleaning is, you know, start earlier before a game and all the sanitising. Um, all our hospitality staff come in, came in and had like training before coming back to the ground because we've got to remember everybody had been away from the stadium for 12 months. So there was a lot of, we got a lot of our match by match day staff back in, you know, to see each other, have a day's training. I think it was just getting everybody back up to scratch and back in the Riverside. Thank you, Luke. Thank you, Rachel, for uh, talking to me. And I wish you both uh, the best of luck for the rest of the season. Apart from when Forrest come to the Riverside, Rachel, oh. <laughs> uh, we, we, need, we need those wins. I was going to say, that wins. was a bit of a star point, that one. I didn't think you were going to mention that game. <laughs> well, I, I, I had to. It's, it's, it's the one that got our manager sacked. So I know. Uh, we had to, I had to speak about it very briefly. Um, but I, I wish you both the best of luck for the season. And um, I hope to see you around at some point. But um, thank you for doing this. Thank you. Thanks, Thank you. Bye, Luke. Thanks, Bye. Thank you to Rachel and Luke and their respective clubs for taking the time to chat with me. That's it for this month's episode. If you would like to know more about the work that we do at Level Playing Field, you can visit levelplayingfield.org.uk or click the link in the episode description of this podcast. Till next time, bye-bye. Bye-bye.